Welcome to the Mind Body Strong podcast. I'm Tanil, and I will be hosting you through conversations around all things that encompass a healthier version of you. Fitness, nutrition, mindfulness, self-love, and growth. The more conversations we have around this, the greater the world will become as we grow stronger in our mind and body. I would like to introduce Julie and George to the podcast today. I have worked with both of them together and separate in fitness and nutrition. I started working with George three or four years ago, and eventually Julie made her way into my life seeking to be challenged and guided as well. I asked them to join today because I believe they, they will be able to bring a lot of value to others listening that are seeking not just a healthy lifestyle for themselves, but within their partnership and family. They've always inspired me as a reminder that I want to and will continue my healthy lifestyle when I have a family of my own. And they have proven that it can still be prioritized, even with a house full of kids, busy work life, and finding ways to lean on each other instead of be pushed away when someone has certain goals. So Julie and George, feel free to share the mic and questions as they get fired at you. First, give the listeners some background on how long you've been married, how many kids you have, and individually, a little bit of your history with exercise and nutrition. Okay. Well, thanks for having us. You know, we're really excited to be a part of this. Um, you know, we've been listening to your podcast for a while, and we, just, we love them. So we're just really excited to be a part of one. Uh, awesome. we've, we've been married 23 years. We're going on 23 years now. Um, we have three adult children, uh, so they kept us busy for a long time and now they're, we're empty nesting. So, and we have two puppies now, so we're busy again. Um, we've been doing fitness. I think, you know, each of us has our own path. Uh, mine, I started out high school weightlifting for football to, to get bigger um, and, you know, continued it into college, uh, then graduated college and, you know, kind of fell in and out of it. Uh, at one point I was living in a house of bodybuilders. And so I was kind of meal prepping before meal prepping was a thing. Uh, mm -hmm. and then moved out and kind of, you know, got away from it for a number of years. And then in our mid thirties, got back into it, um, because my body weight had just ballooned up. Uh, and we weren't happy. We, we saw a picture of each of us and we were just like, this is not acceptable. And so, you know, did a transformation challenge, kind of got things a little more under control. Um, and then just kind of kept going from there, uh, you know, with me more of a bodybuilding focus until I started working with you and you really kind of shift me over to like, you know, functional bodybuilding and Olympic lifting, which I absolutely love and, and mm -hmm. really exciting. My path uh, was more a battle with nutrition probably than activity. I was always uh, pretty active in high school, college, uh, always loved aerobics, eventually became a certified step aerobic instructor in my 20s. And so I was always really active, but never really had my nutrition figured out. Um, beyond calories in, calories out, was very focused on quantity of food, not necessarily quality of food. And then um, in our early marriage, when the kids were really little, 
uh, I would say that was when both of us really put intentional fitness into our daily life. And it looked different then when we had little kids, as of course, compared to our lifestyle now where they're all adults and we're really just juggling a couple of misbehaving beagle puppies. Um, so, so my fitness path was more uh, just sports and then aerobic minded cardio focused type work. And in working with you at the gym, shifted to more of a full body strength training, training mindset and have done a pretty, pretty good job at this point, uh, dovetailing my enjoyment of cardio with what was tolerance for strength training. And I would say now I'm in a mm -hmm. place where I enjoy both. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. I like it. So I don't think that I actually realized that there was a time in your guys's life when health and fitness uh, wasn't, I don't want to say it wasn't prioritized, but it wasn't where it is now. So I'm so curious to know what got you to that place of it not being um, as honed in as it is now and why you decided to make it more of a priority or maybe make it more strategic, if you will. I can, I can speak to that. Um, parenthood kicked in and I, I think for myself, uh, I thought that meant everybody comes before me, uh, all of the needs mm -hmm. and desires, uh, we're going to, we're going to be the priority. And, and George is right. We went on a family trip to DC and our kids still look at this photo and laugh because we just, we looked a little, we, soft. Looked we weren't really <laughs> taking care of ourselves. Um, uh -huh. you know, we were happy you know, relationally and, and, and family dynamics were awesome, but we had put ourselves on the back burner. And around that time, um, our parents' health, all four of them, uh, were beginning to fail. And we lost all of our parents when they were in their 70s, which in mm -hmm. my mind is way too early. And at one point when one of our parents was diagnosed with cancer, we started talking about eating better and, you know, um, maybe the things that this parent should employ with their lifestyle. And I distinctly remember looking at George and saying, why would we wait in our own lives? Why mm -hmm. would we wait for a diagnosis to make mm -hmm. these changes? And, and mm -hmm. that was a pretty pivotal moment where nutrition and, and physical activity became a priority. And we, like I said, it looked very different when our kids were little. We got up mm -hmm. super early. George would wake up at four, four o'clock in the morning and get over to a gym while I was obviously still at the house. The kids were too little to leave alone. He would come back from the gym, leave the car running in the driveway, <laughs> and I would leave the front door. He would enter the front door and I would head out to the gym. So now he's home, he's showering, he's eating breakfast, and I circle back so that he can bounce out to go to work. I was, at, I was yeah. fortunate enough to be at home. So I would then be at home and figure out when and how, or if uh, I squeezed a shower in the day, you know, when the kids were little, but we made it a priority and it pretty quickly just became 
this is what we do. This is who we are. And at that mm-hmm. point, we were very separate in our workouts, um, but we were making it a priority to get each of us there. Um, and, and that was probably the, the beginning of shifting as a couple. And of course, then um, our kids would say they only remember us after that famous photo, um, they would only remember (laughs) us always being at the gym five, six days a week. Yeah, that's so cool. That's such a a good story. And you said something really monumental about how you realized that, you know, you were constantly just putting the family and the kids first and not prioritizing really your own health. And when you guys decided to make that pivot, did you realize in that moment that what you were doing was prioritizing your health so that obviously, I shouldn't say obviously, but so that you could be in a better health place that could allow you to take care of the kids and, and just be a happier family? Did you realize that was what you were doing or did it take time to, to kind of see the results come and the the shift in the mentality and then realize that was what was going on i think it was probably more gradual at the moment that 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 moment of thinking about our parents health and how they were all slipping away um greatly due to lifestyle um i think we were looking at um, not wanting to age like they aged and Mm -hmm a positive outcome, of course, of moving more and uh, eating better was realizing all the benefits that came with it, you know, had more energy, Mm -hmm. uh, felt more just mentally sharp and had more energy for the kids. And did I mention having more energy that that was important um, just to manage the day to day life. Uh, Two of the kids, you know, are the same age, so they're like twins. Uh, you know, and our other child was six years older at the time. So it was just, it was just a super busy, wonderful, crazy time. And for us, there would have not been another way to manage our workouts, but to get them done and in the, in the rear view mirror before we really started our work days. Yeah. So now, hi, Doug. <laughs> so now when you have moments of uh, adversity where your schedule kind of gets in the way, um, you know, you have family emergencies, whatever it is, do you still find that because of what you've experienced with that shift in exercise and nutrition and prioritizing that, do you still find where you have to sit back and think, I can't let this slip? because I won't be able to take care of the adversity that's going through my life if I don't prioritize this. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, we have, you know, just, you know, day to day, you know, we have, you know, work schedule, my work schedule might shift around like, oh, no, I, I, you know, I can't get to the gym as early as I want, because I've got a really early meeting and, you know, or, Mm -hmm. you know, things come up and things happen uh life happens sometimes but that's where we kind of look at okay okay can't get to the gym what can we do at home what you know how can we stay Mm -hmm. active how can we keep moving uh you know what can we do and also on a sense it's it's such a change of pace for us too throughout the day where you get in you know something's going on through the day and it's just nice to kind of you know take a step back and you know knock out a quick body weight workout here at home or you know, run over to the gym really quick. Um, 
you just kind of break up the day a little bit and then come back to it. You know, if they're, if, you know, having a stressful day or something. I I think Mm -hmm. some of the planning happens on the fly. Something comes up, you know, and we're talking about, okay, how are we going to make today work? And we have a quick, you know, conversation and, and there's given, there's take, and it's a priority, not only for both of us, for ourselves, but I think it's at this point, a priority on behalf of the other. Mm-hmm. And then there's the more monumental shift that of course happened for everyone um, with COVID. And that was a long-term planning shift. We had to look at, well, mm-hmm. we all thought it was a few weeks and then it was gonna be a few months. And it's really, it's really had us rewrite how we're gonna get things done. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's made us more um, flexible and we're able to pivot a little bit better. And without a doubt, it's clearly still a priority for both of us to make sure that it happens um, for each of us in any given day. Yeah, and and something else that really helps is the fact that we recognize that it's a priority for each of us, for, you know, it's a priority for Julie. So it's something where if we find a conflict, we both want each person to to get the opportunity to do their workout done, you know, so, it's really nice to have that. At times it makes the conversation difficult because we're always like, no, 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 you go, no, you go. It's all right. You know, I'll be Uh fine kind of thing. But really it's just so nice to be so support, have a partner that's so supportive and that who I can support and we can actually work through uh, things that come up throughout, you know, a day. Yeah. And I think it's so important for the listeners who are, um, on like newly on this fitness journey to understand too, and you can speak to this, that, you know, the, the pivots that you do have to make don't happen right away naturally. Right. Like I'm sure that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but when you guys started out, if there was adversity that happened in the schedule or something came up, you may have initially still not prioritized if it was not the exercise, maybe the nutrition, right? And you've learned as you've gone how to continue to make the changes and adapt as needed with anything that comes your way. Whereas I think a lot of people, when they hit that road bump, they think that, or they don't know any better other than to just throw it all away, right? Instead of taking the the punches as they come and knowing that this is a gradual process. It's not going to be perfect right away. It's not going to feel easy right away, but the more repetition that you get, the easier it does become. I agree. It's like having a, a toolbox and in the beginning, you know, you've just got the starter set, mm-hmm. you've got, you know, the cheap measuring tape and the saw that's going to break, but um eventually you build on history like anyone does when you have some experience and and you figure out um that nutritionally okay, uh, what's the next best thing? You know, if if plan A isn't working, do I have a plan B? Um, for me, and I think for mm-hmm. George, nutrition, the nutrition trick is to get out in front of it. Uh, but, you know, that doesn't always happen. And, and fitness wise, there are sometimes a second best. Well, so uh, maybe someone's under the weather, but you know what, are you up for a walk after dinner? You know, you can at least have some mm-hmm. kind of movement um and not always there are times where it's time to take take a total break Mm -hmm. but um yes it's definitely 
a slow process to build a toolbox. Mm -hmm. And while we've been very fortunate to be on a similar path, that isn't always the case. I think uh, there are times, you know, where I've got friends or, or I'm sure you have listeners who aren't in a partnership with someone or they're in a partnership with someone who isn't on the same page, isn't motivated. Uh, and that can, that can have its own challenges. But I, I think somewhere out there, there's a buddy, uh, someone that you can have conversations with, you can problem solve with, you can encourage. Uh, and I think that, that that's always helpful when you, when you come across what might look like a roadblock, but it's really a speed bump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And another thing for people to know, as far as like your guys's regimen goes and, and how you've prioritized and, and made it, um, a, a part of your everyday, you said it with your food is making sure that you get ahead of it. Not only that, what you guys do, which is pretty rare from, from what I've experienced as far as two couples go or couples go is that you both get your workout done in the morning. And, um, obviously not everybody, uh, is a morning person, but I think knowing that, that that is planned and you expect to get that out of the way, that probably helps set you up for success so much easier than waiting until at the end of the day, because we all know that things come up. Not only that things come up, our, our energy tends to be down too. Um, so I think that that's an important note to take. And you guys obviously kicked that off right from the get go with you taking your shifts in the morning. You knew if, if you didn't get it done in the morning, it's going to be a lot more challenging. And I think that if, uh, if more people could do that from the get go, they would experience probably, uh, more, more of a positive mental shift because they are probably faced with less barriers and roadblocks throughout the process. Right. And I've heard you say, you know, whatever works for you is what you need to do. I would be interested totally. in all of your experience in uh, working with clients. Do you see that morning workout people tend to be more consistent as a population as compared to mm, your That's a good question. People. Yeah, that's a good question. Honestly, I would say long term. Yes, I would say long term. I would say that those who are more consistently training after work, they go in more about of the um, commitment. And let's just say when vacations come, or um, something happens with kids being out of school, whatever it may be, they tend to be quicker to jump off the bandwagon and then it's even harder to jump back in. So yeah, I would definitely say those who commit to the morning from a long-term standpoint um, are, are more, are committed at a, from a longer standpoint for sure. Yep. All right. So what I want to know is what is your guys's view on a healthy lifestyle? It's obviously you know, from any uh, social media platform that you look at, there are so many different ways to look at health and have it represented in your life. And so I'm curious as to what do, how do you view a healthy lifestyle and how do you then best represent that? Oh, 
I think, you know, a healthy lifestyle yeah. involves being active uh, in some, some sense, you know, I mean, for, for Jill and me, you know, it's getting to the gym and exercising, or if we're on vacation away from a gym, you know, finding activities to do, you know, you're always able you know, we're always able to run somewhere or, you know, we can, you know, paddleboard, kayak, you know, find activities to keep our bodies moving, just be active. And then also, you know, balancing out the nutrition. Um, I mean, it, it's something where it's not rocket science for nutrition in a sense where just eating, you know, the, the healthy foods, getting away from the processed foods as best you can. I know there, there are times where, mm -hmm. you know, you're going to be having processed food, but really making whole food the base of your diet versus processed food. And uh, that's yeah. just the place to start. And I, and it's such a challenge for so many people. I know when we first started, um, you know, it, it was a challenge on two fronts. One, you know, when you have kids, it's, it's so easy to do the, you know, do the hamburger helper, do the packaged meals, um, you know, cause they're quick and easy and, you know, in a busy household. But then as we started shifting away from that for our diets, we were kind of like, at first we were kind of nervous about the kids, um, missing the Kraft macaroni and cheese, but then they came along with us to a point. Yeah. I, I can speak to that being the, the yeah. main cook in the house. Uh, early on, I had the attitude that I don't make custom meals. You know, I, I know that I can put healthy food in front of you. And if you're hungry, you will eat it. That was a bit of my attitude really with the kids when they were little and, you know, the tiny servings mm -hmm. of each thing. It was never a grotesque quantity of food that they must eat. But, um, we, we found they were pretty happy to just be at the table and eat what was there. And, um, I think moderation was something that we taught it's definitely something that i have to put a lot of energy and thinking into um but but again nutrition has often been the thing i've had to be more mindful about the, the physical activity at this point is a habit uh, that grew over time uh doesn't take a lot to motivate me to stick with that um I'm so curious as to how you can explain what processed food is, because what I've learned in speaking to clients with nutrition is a lot of people actually don't really know what that means. And I speak a lot about whole foods versus processed foods. And there have been times where I dive into what that means. But I think that hearing it from somebody else might be actually really beneficial. So what, what would be your best description of both processed foods and whole foods? Processed foods often come in a box or a bag or a can and have unrecognizable ingredients and a lot of them. Whereas whole mm, foods 
when you read their ingredients, if there's a package around the whole food, you recognize everything for the most part. Mm -hmm. uh, not a plug for Briar's ice cream, but I think they did a marketing <laughs> line at some point in regard to the ingredients. Probably a terrible example given that that's ice cream, but <laughs> but you know, an apple is an apple and it came in its own packaging and there's no question what it is. Uh -huh. Apple sauce, more processed. However, if you look in the ingredients, it may just be apples or it might be apples and cinnamon, or it might be apples, sugar, yep. and cinnamon. And therein lies the spectrum of an apple. That's an example I can think of where there's a shift from something that is whole to something that is missing the skin and has added sugar, or missing the fiber mm -hmm. and gaining more sugar without purpose, other than the sweetening factor. And I think one of the beautiful things that happens when you shift the focus toward whole food and away from processed food is that you gain a taste for what was there all along. I find with mm -hmm. the processed foods, you're going to find more sugars, more salts, and it sort of corrupts your taste buds. And, and we are not a household or of the mm -hmm. mindset that it's an extreme, there's never a processed food in our life. That's not exactly how we live at all, but it's the exception, no longer the rule. And maybe early on mm -hmm. when we first met one another, partly from ignorance, uh, mostly from ignorance, is that it was flipped there was definitely a tilt toward processed foods and the obligatory whole food. Uh, but when, mm -hmm. when your taste buds are leaning deep into the world of sugars and salts, it's tough to compete with that. Um, and, and at some point, our scale tipped in the other direction. And along with that comes more more wellness, healthier foods, uh, just a better body system as far as how digestion is moving along. It all it all is a benefit in terms of fueling your body for the purpose of fueling it, not um, leaning into mm -hmm. the salts and the sugars that tend to play with one's feelings. Yeah, yeah. To kind of yeah. add to it, I mean, one of the things that I remember hearing it once, the rule, stick to the outside of the grocery store, you know, because that's where the produce is. That's where the fresh meats are. That's where, you know, you're getting away from, you know, the Captain Crunch and the Fritos and the, and the chips and everything. And then, but there are certain things you need to kind of go in for, like your rice or quinoa, you know, some of your grains, some of your breads, but then it's look at the label and the less you see in the ingredients, the closer it is to whole. So that's really how we, how we kind of do things. I mean, we've, I wouldn't say we've eliminated, like, for example, we haven't 100% eliminated whole wheat bread. I mean, or, you know, or hamburger buns or something, but for, you know, our morning toast, 
we do sprouted grain instead uh, just because that that's a little more wholesome and, and you look at that and there's not all the added stuff that's going into your wheat breads nowadays really they're finding mm-hmm. out yeah it's wheat bread but it's really made with white flour and they've just added other stuff to make it look like wheat <laughs> right yeah yeah, you, you made such a uh, so many great points there, and there's so many coaching points that I want to dive deep into, but I won't because that's not what this is about. But for those listeners who are truly on the, the beginning of that journey, I do think it's important for them to understand that difference between whole foods and processed foods because they have become a little bit of fad terms, and those fad terms tend to get lost in what they're actually representing, and you know, it's, it's within the word itself, process, right? So the more processed something is, the, the more broken down it is. Just like you said, it loses its fiber, it loses its nutrients. And when things are more processed, it, it's um, easier for our body to digest, meaning it's not ramping up our metabolism to work hard to break it down, right? And that's where our, our nation has gotten in trouble with having that lower metabolism because of the highly processed diets. Their body is not working hard to break down all of these uh, packaged foods because, quite frankly, it's already broken down, not to mention all of the added chemicals with them to extend the shelf right. life, so on and so forth. So yeah, that, that was great. That was, um, that was really good guys. Thank you for that. Um, what, what do you two disagree on from a health standpoint and how do you continue to make it cohesive? Such as if you don't agree with the meal that you're having or your eating schedule or workout schedule, how do you guys come to an agreement or find a happy medium? I don't know if we, we have disagreements. We might have some different views on things, but like, um in fact we're just talking about one yesterday where um i'm more comfortable doing a plant-based protein drink you know two to three times a day um on the other hand i am trying to get away from relying on a protein drink to boost my protein target and i'm finding that i would Mm -hmm. rather look at actual food to reach my macro goals. And so it's been a intention of mine over the last few months to back off of having two, sometimes three protein drinks in a day. And, and I have been able to, to reel that back to maybe having one protein drink a day and sometimes none. And what I'm personally finding for myself and for my body is that I am more full and more satiated throughout the day. I'm not feeling very restricted because I'm not hungry. And at least for me, I'm determining that when I was drinking those snacks or drinking those meals, Mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't holding me in a place of comfort. Mm -hmm. Whereas George, on the other hand, I will, you know, I'll do a protein drink right after my workout. Um, and then I'll do one as a snack in the middle of the day and have a like a banana or, or a piece of fruit with it. Um, and then I'll do one before I go to bed, maybe mix in some soy milk with it for to get a little more of a boost. But I mean, that's where I'm at with it. I mean, I've just recently shifted away from doing whey protein to a plant-based protein and, and I'm feeling a lot better. And then 
you know, I'm pretty excited about that. So at the end of the day, quite literally yesterday, when we were having this conversation, I think we felt like, okay, you do you and I'll do me. And it doesn't have to look exactly mm -hmm. the same. Our bodies are different. He's a taller, larger man. And, you know, I don't weigh as mm -hmm. much because I'm a woman and my height is smaller and my frame is different. You know, we might have similar goals and that we are equally searching for strength and um, leanness. But how we get there, we can't expect it to look the same. So that was by no means an argument over protein drinks, but it was just, we're not in the mm -hmm. same place on that. And that's livable. That's mm -hmm. fine. Right. Schedule wise, while sure. we both are morning workout people, we like different types of workouts. There's some mm -hmm. overlap. Uh, for a time, I was doing a small group class uh, with him and exploring a little bit of Olympic lifting and some of that. But uh, I found for myself, that wasn't a great match for carpal tunnel issues and things with my wrists. So it was nice that we, we tried something together, but I won't work a ton with barbells in the future. And likewise, George has visited one of the classes that I was taking at one point that was called at the time boot camp. And that was a strength training, but high intensity cardio type workout. And George was in and out. He was done. It was I, I not went, his thing. Well, that's kind of helped yeah. me when I got started because she saw me come out and she went, you don't like that, do you? I'm like, no, it's not my game at all. She's like, try this. I said, I've watched it. I don't know. She, and you yeah. encouraged me to try, you know, the, the alpha class and, you know, at the time. And I got hooked. And I remember talking my friend into trying it with me. And he was like, wow. I don't know about this. Yeah. And we were both pretty scared going in, but you know, I've been doing that for yeah. years now and I love it. And I, I don't, you know, it's kind of like the next phase of my evolution and fitness, so to speak, you know, where I've, I've shifted even more away from like the old bodybuilding mentality. Uh, but, and that was something that we used mm -hmm. to not agree on was that, I would go lift weights and not do cardio and Julie would go in and do the aerobics class or get on the treadmill. And that was us. And, and, you know, and Julie would be like, you need to do more cardio. Your family has a heart history. And I'm like, and you should lift more weights because it'll help, you know, you're, you know, because it'll help, you know, fight off arthritis and stuff. And, you know, so true. Yeah, it was so true. I mean, and what was great was we, you know, we have found, what we each like we have found ways to exercise together some days like um we'll take a saturday and just do a nice easy three to five mile run on our own you know together at a nice easy pace um you know uh mm -hmm. or you know if we're able to you know up at the cottage or something you know we just do a body weight workout together up on up on the deck in the summertime and and you know show off for the neighbors <laughs> Cut that part out, yeah please. i love it <laughs> yeah right <laughs> no you gotta show it off that's good you should be proud of it um i think uh what you just said george about you know you trying out that boot camp class and you just being like tanked from it 
And I think that that's so important for people to understand is, you know, you have to be courageous and brave enough. And it is it is courage and, and bravery to try new things. But understanding that if you try something and you don't like it, that's OK. Mm-hmm. You don't have to. It, you shouldn't have to fall in love with something right away or you shouldn't have to keep doing something in hopes that you're right. going to fall in love with it. Right. Let's move on and let's find the next thing. Let's keep trying. I mean, my goodness, there are so many so many realms and fitness that you can do. And, you know, depending on what your goals are, whether it is a true change in results and transformation, or it's just uh, being healthier and maintaining, there are so many different routes to take and styles to take. And I mean, obviously, maybe you can speak to this, because you did do it, you know, you both did it on your own for so long. And I feel like you guys really did evolve from finding what's right for you by speaking to, you know, a professional. And, and that's all it was, is just having conversations, right? It's not like you have to fork over your credit card. You just need to have a conversation, build some relationships and get some advice. And, and, but then of course, be courageous enough to say, okay, this doesn't work, but I see this over here. Let's give this a shot. So I think that that's really valuable for people to understand because so many people try something and they get a bad taste in the ma- their mouth or they have a terrible experience and they're like, I'm out. This isn't for me. But little do they know that there's something totally different out there for them that's just totally calling their name right. and speaking and, to and them. something else that I've noticed just in my years of just exercising and, and really lately, really kind of looking more and more at the fitness industry or the past five five years one of the things i see is you know a lot of people come in and now that you know it's like the fad is you know like crossfit and high intensity and just go in and go at it as hard as you can it's kind of you can't start out doing all that you know people people see that and they're like i'm gonna go in and i'm i'm gonna you know sit there and and snatch 225 pounds your body can't do that yet and it's gonna Mm -hmm. it's gonna end badly Mm -hmm. and you're gonna be discouraged you'll be like i can't do this i can't do the fitness thing you know, we all mm-hmm. start out at our own space and we find something that we can do consistently, you know, it, that we enjoy doing, but it will challenge us. And then you evolve from there. I mean, when I started weightlifting, I mean, I was just, I didn't know what I was doing. It was all bro science, but I enjoyed lifting weights. I enjoyed um, the changes I was seeing in my body. But then, you know, here I am now. I'm doing things that I said I would never do because I enjoy it and my body can do it. And I want to keep pushing that and see what else I can do in the future and keep doing this for as long as I can. Yeah, that's awesome. What have been some learning experience takeaways as you guys have evolved in your fitness and been better educated on that's helped you reach your goals. Will you restate that? Yeah. What is it? So you guys have trialed and errored a lot of different things. I shouldn't say errored, but you've tried a lot of different things, right? And and like I've said, the, the fitness world has so many things to offer, so many different styles, so many different opinions and advices. What is it that have been your takeaways from all the things that you've gathered throughout the year 
that you feel like has truly been impactful in helping you progress forward? I think that you have to figure out what you like to do for one. If you don't like doing it, it won't stick uh, in terms of what kind of movement you're going to choose and how it's going to fit Mm -hmm. into your life. So you have to like it. And I think that being flexible uh, in terms of being ready and not surprised when changes come up, um, injuries happen, vacations happen, illnesses happen, and, and how to, instead of looking at it like a wall, looking at it like an opportunity to solve a problem. And, you know, the idea of just being um, persistent and open-minded has made a big difference in terms of uh, being willing to try different things, working around an injury, um, not just slamming on the brakes and saying, well, I guess I'm out for three months. Uh, focusing on what mm-hmm. you what you can do rather than being dialed into uh, what you cannot do, and mm-hmm. I guess uh, yeah, I guess you know two things I would say is one, you know, like you mentioned, it courage to kind of get out of your comfort zone. A little bit, you know, being willing to venture outside of what you your current boundaries are. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be an extreme step out. It could be, you know, an inch out or a foot out. You know, but just kind of being willing to get out of your comfort zone, and also, you know, commitment to stick to your plan. Um, I know that has really helped us. Um, especially when it comes to nutrition. I mean, we will, you know, we've got our meals planned for the week, um, you know, and then, you know, it comes to, you know, Friday night's takeout night for us because we just like kind of having the break from working in the kitchen, uh, but we plan ahead on it. Where are we getting food? Can we get the macros for it? You know, can we find out what the nutrition is on it? And then, okay, so here's what that food is going to, you know, we're, how much, how many calories that food's going to be. So we got to plan the rest of our meals around that so that, you know, we're not, you know, going crazy insane over the, over our calories. Um, you know, we're staying within our numbers. Uh, so. I think that um, in, in thinking more about this question, I think it's important to do what you like to do. Therefore you will keep doing it and also understanding why it's important. And keeping your mind on why you're making the intentional movement that you're making in terms of your workout schedule or why you're eating the way you're eating. Um, because that, for me, uh, keeps me on course. And probably my, my most recent aha or my most recent takeaway with my growth has to do with, again, um, coming back to nutrition, I think I spent my whole life trying to live 
in what you call a cut season. This idea that I'm going to be really um, mindful of what I'm eating. And at least in my case, I was restrictive in what I was eating. And I had these lines drawn, you know, with a permanent marker that this, this nutrition plan is what I need to adhere to. And I tried to be exactly in that box for all time. And that's not very realistic for me. Recently, you and I started talking about seasons of, of goals. And, and so now I can see that living that intentional, measuring everything, tracking everything, for me, that's doable for three or six months, which would make sense in Michigan to be really dialed in during the summer, uh, maybe the fall. Um, or spring and summer so that you're ready and kind of prepared for paddleboarding and swimsuits and, you know, hiking in shorts and just in Michigan wearing, wearing less. And, and then giving myself some kind of a reprieve or a break from that rigidity later in the year uh, around holidays and not completely throwing the baby out with the bathwater, but giving myself um, permission to not see everything black and white. Um, that's a, that's probably one of my biggest, most exciting adjustments in my thinking about nutrition, uh, that you and I have been working on, which I find very helpful. Yeah. And, and I love it. don't be afraid that's to good. set that specific number goal. That was something I just started this year. You know, that, mm-hmm. you know, you got me thinking about it, and I just, I just went. You know what? I've got to do that. That that is going to keep me focused, and it has paid off in dividends in the short term so far. And I know in the long term it'll it'll pay off. Yeah, and just to dive deeper into that so that you can be as relatable as possible to anyone listening. What was it that um, prevented you from truly setting a specific goal? Oh gosh, goal I always hated setting specific goals um, because I, <laughs> I was afraid of them. As you know, what? But what, but why were you, but why were you afraid of them? There was something that you said to me that stuck out so hard that I wouldn't do it, that I, that I'd quit on it, you know, and that, that's where you set that specific goal. And yes, there are going to be hard days or there is going to be that hard week where, you know, the numbers didn't go down at all that week or they went up a little bit, you know. It, you just got to stick to it and just look at, okay, why did the numbers do what they did? What, what do I need? Do I need to make any adjustments? Did I make right. any adjustments, you know, last week? So it has really worked well for me. And I, and I, and I'm really excited. You know, I, I know I sent you, you know, my numbers for this week and because I was so excited about them, um, you know, because of, <laughs> as um, you should be what I have set my goals to be and how I'm further along to getting them than I thought I would be. So really it's, it's instead of the mm-hmm. goal scaring me now, it's empowering me. There you go. I like that a lot. That That's the only way to then to be motivated, right? Without setting that goal 
and seeing progress, you don't have anything to motivate you because you didn't set a goal to begin with. You kind of, without those goals, you mm-hmm. still have them in the, in your head, right? but you never verbalize them or whatever it is. And so it's like, if you don't get it, then it is what it is. If you did get it, then awesome. But you were really strategic with it. So you can't really capitalize on it. You know what I mean? So I like that. That's good. All right, guys, I've got two more questions for you. What, if you can give advice to people listening to who have partners, whether they, whether they are also on the same journey as them, what has been so beneficial to ha- to have a partner to, to that's on the same path with you to help you continue to progress forward or rather what advice can you give to other couples that you guys have been able to do to leverage one another so let me just like set the platform a little bit to give you an example like for Emily and myself when we really started to uh, get a, even more strategic in, in our nutrition and our exercise, there would be times where we would look at each other and we'd be like, listen, I, I can't have the tortilla chips in the house anymore. I don't want to snack on them and they are a trigger food for me. So I, I recognize that when I was able to actually verbalize that to her, that I, it was what, whether it was accountability from mm-hmm. her or myself, either way it worked, right? So for me and us, it's been verbalizing things and being honest with ourselves, with each other. So is there anything like that, that you guys can give advice to other couples to help leverage one another so that you guys sure. can think, reach goals together? I think together? it's always important to see where you have the common goals, the common struggles, Um, they're not always going to line up with each other. Um, My temptations would be sweets. I think George's temptations would be salty, crunchy things. Um, And so so where we would have maybe a similar struggle, um, those are easy things to eliminate uh, from the house or um, hold each other accountable for when when we problem solve together, it's kind of like, um, I don't know, you can't really, can you call wellness a hobby? But I think it's so important in a couple relationship sure. um, that you find some things that you share interest in. And for us, wellness is among, among our handful of things that we really enjoy doing together. And so I think identifying what we share interest in is important. And then also recognizing that there are things George is interested in that um, I'm not so interested in. He, lo- he loves to golf. So I encourage him to get to go do that with his buddies and that's all well and good. But in the house, when we're talking about things of interest, nutrition, wellness, um, it gives us opportunity to problem solve together. And that's kind of fun. It's nice not to be... Um, th- for example, you mentioned um, the chips. So for me, sweet things is a challenge. And so we are now working with what we're calling um, Saturday sweet swap. And so on the weekend, it's my intention to look for something that approximates a treat, but that really every item, every ingredient in that item is actually healthy. So that's just been something we've had fun doing together. One of my favorites recently involves oats and peanut butter and 
chocolate protein powder. And they're just these little protein balls. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's a fat bomb. So you have to know what the macros are. And, and, and yet we make them and then there are 12 and they're in the refrigerator. And, and for me, that has, that has answered a struggle I had with sweet things because we had tried all sorts of things. The sweet things stay out of the house. Sweet things go in that one special drawer. You know, when the kids were little, I was like, can we put the kids Halloween candy in the back of your trunk that you were driving downtown to work with so that I'm not tempted during the school day when they mm -hmm. were little, you know, we've tried it all, but you mm -hmm. know, it's yeah. maybe a bit geeky, but it was a fun problem solving task for us to figure out, you know, for me, how, you know, mm -hmm. how can I accommodate the desire to not think black and white in terms of restriction, but honor my desire to have something sweet, but have it be a reasonable quantity. And oh, by the way, it's made of three ingredients that I might ingest anyway on a healthy day, the oats, the peanut butter and the protein powder. And, and sure. something else that we yeah. do that's really become a lot of fun for us is, you know, the Sunday meal prep where we show up in the kitchen, we get some music going and we, you know, we start cooking and even the cooking is kind of like, okay, Julie doesn't always like to, you know, handle the raw meat. So I, I cut the meat. I, I'm in charge of making yeah. sure the meat is cooked and ready to go. You know, that's, that's my thing. And she loves cutting vegetables, which I don't like doing. And so, and she does a much better job of it than I do. <laughs> uh, so and we just have fun, you know, exp you know, finding recipes on various, you know, websites, um, you know, and, and other resources uh, and trying them. And even if it's something where we come across like, uh, you know, like a comfort food type recipe like meatloaf, it's like, OK, how can we take that and what can we substitute to to make it healthier? Uh, you know, she came across this uh, meatloaf with ricotta okay. cheese in it. Well, we do cashew ricotta cheese in it. So that's just a, cashews and a little bit of water and some seasonings yep. and whiz it up in the, in the Vitamix. Yep. And, and so now we've got this cashew ricotta infused yeah. into the meatloaf yep. and George is on a whole smoking stint now. So now he's like, I think I can smoke a meatloaf. So that's our next, you know, graduated approach mm -hmm. there. That's awesome. I love that. And I, I love that because so many people when uh, healthy food and nutrition is so foreign to them and they they hear about it, they think about salads, right. broccoli, Brussels sprouts, chicken. Right. And, you know, and I think that that's so important is if you want to make this sustainable and if you truly care about longevity and making it a lifestyle, you've got to make it a lifestyle and make it work for your life. So if having that comfort food is what you enjoy, find a way to make it healthy because where there's a will, there's a way. And if it matters enough to you, then you will find a way for it. And that, and that's the truth. But you know, it, it takes, 
um, it takes trial and error to find the, the recipes that work, right? So understanding that there is patience that's involved and some compromise as well, because some people aren't going to like the same type of comfort foods that you are. So having that communication and those compromises is, is so imperative to making it last and making it work with among right. two people or a whole family. All right, last question I have for you guys, and I want this to just be some takeaways for the listeners to have is, what are some staples that are in your household in terms of nutrition nutrition. and exercise? So in the house, we um, very standard have every kind of berry, bananas and apples. Um, Those are the ones that are always here. Uh, Vegetable-wise, most of the vegetables we enjoy, besides a tossed salad, would be infiltrated into the menu, into the the meals that we're prepping, uh, which helps us end up consuming a ton more vegetables per day because we do this meal prep thing and we're not opposed to leftovers. So we might make a meal that serves six and that's dinner and two lunches for, you know, for the two of us to share. Um, when we had more kids in the house mm-hmm. during the pandemic, we had a total of six adults in the house at that point. Uh, and we, we were doubling recipes and, and still enjoying leftovers. Um, staple, staple snacks, I would say um, chicken and turkey jerky uh, it takes a little while to find some that don't have nitrates, but they do exist. So there's some added sugar in that, but that, that turned out to be a good road trip snack for us to grab. Um, you know, we, we are fortunate enough to head north quite a bit on the weekends. And so taking some, some of the chicken or turkey jerky with us uh, as a protein hit while we're on the road is good. Um, Travel protein drink, if necessary, you know, the little, little containers that are single serves are ready to go. Um, Always cut up vegetables, just raw vegetables. And a lot of times I'll just take the time to make a deli meat wrap for the road. Um, So that's just something so that the day of travel isn't a tanked day of nutrition. Um, That's something that we've probably honed our skills on. Other staples in the house, I think it's just lean chicken, lean ground turkey, uh, fish, variety of fish. And like I said, George is getting into trying smoking things. So um, that way of preparing meat is fun for me Mm -hmm. too, because I'm not doing it and he's taking care of it. Uh, And there's not a lot of things you add when you smoke uh, protein. It's typically a rub, it's spices, it's seasonings. Um, So that's a nice clean way to to put a twist on food. Um, I think staple wise, that's probably about it. Exercise. Yeah. Exercise wise, you know, we have uh, a couple kettlebells. Uh, we have jump ropes. We have some exercise bands. We have dumbbells. Uh, so, and you know, we're, and the nice thing is, is the stuff we have is somewhat portable too. So we can take it up North with us mm-hmm. and use it up there. Um, it, so it's just real basic stuff. Um, you know, a, a, a doorway pull-up bar. Uh, but I mean, there are things that, you know, we do that, you know, may require the weights, may not require the weights, um, that, and, and, and 
good, you know, good running shoes. That's a staple also because um, you can do a lot in running shoes, but also, you know, they're, you know, you get outside in running shoes and you just, you can walk, you can run in them and just you're, you're moving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I think it's fair to say that having that equipment at home, no, and you guys actually have, you know, a very good amount more than most, but before you probably even had all of that, it was probably still a, a smaller amount, but it was just enough that kept you moving and kept you accountable to say, hey, I can't make it to the gym today. Or, you know what, we're traveling this day. Let's take these couple pieces of equipment so that we can just keep moving. And ultimately, that's what the goal is, right? Just to keep that body moving, because when you get out of the routine of that, it makes it 10 times harder to get back into it. And sometimes, especially from my experience, doing body weight stuff is like less motivating, but that's based on the person, you know, I'd rather lift weights, but either way, just having a kettlebell that I've had at the house for the last three years has helped me, you know, uh, stay on track when we do traveling as well. Cause you just throw it in the car or since the uh, pandemic, I've actually done way more workouts from home than I ever have. And it really just at the end of the day brings no excuse. And even whether you love it or you hate it, you know, that's kind of what yeah, you need yeah, to I propel totally you and, and keep you moving right in the right direction. We, the equipment that we have collected over a long length of time uh, looks very different than when we started out. And I would say, you know, for 15 bucks, you can have bands, you know, stretchy bands, uh, and maybe one right. set of dumbbells. And, and, you know, you can find so much uh, online for sale, secondhand, that stuff. Um, that like even our, even our kids have, you know, minimal equipment in their apartments, but it's enough, uh, to be able to do a full workout, um, and to, to have, I would say another great piece of, uh, staple equipment is just having, uh, someone like a trainer like you, uh, who can, who can give you, okay, I'm going on vacation and I literally can only take these three bands. Mm -hmm. Can you please help me out? Uh, because I don't have, I don't personally have <laughs> those 15 exercises that are going to give me a full balanced body workout because that's not what I studied in school. But, but if you know who to, who to ask, sure. and you get good advice. You can have a totally different, great challenging switch up for a week on vacation uh, if you're so choosing, you know, if you're choosing it not to be a week of where you're giving your body just quiet after rest, which has its place too. Um, but really just picking mm -hmm. up those stretchy bands, that was something we didn't have in our toolbox heading into the pandemic. Um, and when we spent the 15 bucks, it was awesome. You know, it changed, it changed how we did seven different exercises. It added another level of complexity, mm -hmm. um, so you don't have to have a large collection and you don't have to have a lot of resources to have something uh, to, to build a legit workout. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, mm -hmm. I think a lot of us learned that in the last year for sure. Well, George, Julie, thank you so, so much for taking the time for this. I really appreciate it. 
you know, I really value our friendship and our relationship and, and how much we've grown together. Um, and I know for a fact for anyone who ends up listening to this is going to take away a lot of things and hopefully be inspired. My hope is to just have more open communication and conversation with their partner so that, so that they can continue to progress forward because I think that it's so hard to when you're trying to do it by yourself and it doesn't mean that your partner has to be on the same path but to open up and communicate what it is that you need out of it and recognize the things that work and don't work that that's going to be that next step to to get anyone to the next level so thank you so much for this I really appreciate it and who knows maybe well, we, we will end up do doing that a part thank you so two. much for having us we enjoyed it and you know Maybe, you know, once we're all vaccinated, we can do a meetup and work out at a park or something. Thanks, T. We love you. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you found value in it and will pass it along to someone else that could use this to help support their journey in building a stronger mind and body. Thank you.